No BS with Sarah and Briar. This is Sarah. And this is Briar. So we put that little first share by the Medric Droid throwback song in there because we were re-listening to our episodes. And I said for sure probably like a hundred times. Or like if we take a shot for every time that Briar says for sure, <laughs> you'd be as wasted as um, I was for like five years. <laughs> so, oh my God, what an adventurous day. We recorded an episode that oh. was... Episode. It was so good. It was like so raw, so real. Yeah, no script. So we know we can do it again. But then it's like the one day we don't do a motherfucking mic check. <laughs> Our microphone didn't work. Didn't work. And I even made a comment. I was like, oh my God, this episode just like feels so good. Like it's just so fluid. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't work at all. Lesson and learned. We tried a lot of different things and we just eventually went and bought a new one. So do we sound. Um, professional way better. Well, we should because we're now professional fucking podcasters. Boneheads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Um, but yeah, in our like the one we were recording earlier, we're talking about like wanting guests on once we have like the right microphone because that other one had to be like right between both of our heads. <laughs> this one you can hear the sound of everything. So pardon my vape. So we have moved up in the world of podcasting. We are official. We are official. And then on after that adventure, we decided to treat ourselves. We went to, to Market Street. Clink. Clink. We got some non-alcoholic red wine by the brand Free. Free. It's delicious. Them. We also got some sushi because we passed BF Chase. I was like, damn, that sounds good. And then we were walking in the store. I was like, man, sushi sounds good. And Sarah's already thinking it because her brains are linked. What did you say? Sisters. Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we have dessert for afterwards. Oh my husband God, brought I us can't dessert. Wait. He brought us some chocolate cake that Thanks. our dear friend Nick made us. Thanks, Dad and Nick. Everyone, yeah. And then Michio Kana, whatever. Yeah, he brought us some. It's like the strawberries and cream oh, so drink good. from La Michio Kana. I think, and it's on 34th Street. Yeah, I got it. I saw these to go there. Melinda Michoacana. Yes. It's so fucking delicious. Like, best ice cream in town. They do corn in a cup, all sorts of different, Anything. like, uh, different fun foods and whatnot. So, yeah. now I don't really remember, like, God, that episode just flowed so freely. So, we're just going to do, we're just going to do it again. Start it over and we can't even hear it to try to like <laughs> bullet point what the fuck we said well the key point was self-love and you know advocating self-love for yourself totally and i remember that um that i name dropped a podcast by um mary cup of, mary's cup of tea on spotify she is great she was she's an ex-bodybuilder and she talks about her journey through like eating disorders, self-love, and 
just a bunch of different things that touch on all bases. And when I started my sobriety journey, um, this podcast really, really helped me through, especially on days that I was just feeling really low and probably still like detoxing and, um, yeah, it just helped me a lot. And I think it'll help y'all too. And just really refocus on how you view yourself as a person and, you know, ignore your fault. Well, not ignore your faults, but forgive yourself for your faults and learn yeah. to, to love yourself for who you are and understand that you're growing. You're going to work through shit. Totally. Forgive yourself. Mary, she was like a former bodybuilder. Yeah. And she suffered with a lot of disordered eating, but it's not just um just eating disorder it's not just about that it she covers just self-love in general which is fun and i have a one of her 100 days of self-love journals which has been really great um but with that disordered eating is something that i feel like me and most of most of my friends have struggled with a lot of females in the u.s like ever yeah self-image and body dysmorphia yeah even like a lot of my guy friends too it's just like i mean since i was young like you get picked on for the way that you look um and for me i am a four foot eight now grown woman but petite and beautiful thank you but you know as a child that was always like the go-to or even now i guess if somebody like picks a fight with me i don't know it's always got something to do with my stature um the money's on you things like that my money's on you (laughs) you gotta find my i'm betting on sarah something to do with my stature but there's a there's a lot built into this small stature of mine well, damn. I feel like we did so good on the last one. That, like, now I'm, like, blanking out. Yeah, so I guess, <clears throat> you know, we kind of talked about, like, um, some things that kind of, like, roots of, like, BPD and, like, some things that kind of come out. Um, there's a lot of self-hate, self-loathing. like like loathing Oh, and, yeah. And um, one thing that I've really been working on. Oh, we were talking about like how you viewed yourself as an older woman. And I've talked about the TikTok. Yes. Oh my gosh. Do that and then I'll do mine. Yes. So like one of my like weird, like totally sober thoughts that I was having one day was just about like, whenever I'm older, the way I'll look back on myself now or when I was like younger and whatnot. And to really see that beauty that I never gave myself credit for because I was so busy, like being hard on myself for not being good enough or being pretty enough or tall enough or skinny enough or what the fuck ever. Like, and to just imagine like myself as an old woman looking at myself and being like, wow, I was so beautiful. And I spent all that time just like hating myself. So sad. And I don't want to do that. I just want to like, fucking love myself girl and so I try it's hard you know especially in the beginning of sobriety like especially like being drunk like that all the time you know there's an issue there and that's not just just with drunks it's like with anyone who has suffering with uh their self-image but definitely 
being a fucking drunk will make you hate the way that you look and the way you come across. And so coming out of it is really, really hard at first. It's just like a total... Was it 360, 180? I don't ever understand that. I'm like, I, I don't get 180. I'm like, but I guess it makes a full 360. Yeah, whatever. We get what you this mean, is girl. Not a math lesson. But yeah. <laughs> Ew, it's just like, yeah, it's hard to like take a good look at yourself, especially like knowing all the things that you've done. Um, but confidence is key but go ahead and go with what you were telling you were talking about the tiktok thing yeah so earlier in the prior episode <laughs> the lost files yeah um i said that i was going to piggyback off of that that there was this tiktok trend and it was these girls you know our age whatever 30 whatever and just saying like you know oh i hate that you know i'm too fat or i hate how my nose looks or i'm ugly or whatever and then it would, like, the next scene would be a picture of themselves as children. And it's like, would you say that to your younger self, like your innocent, beautiful self? And once I saw that, it really shed a new light on not only what I think in private, but what I verbally say out loud. Right. Words have power and those vibrations are forever. And I'm a true believer, like, what you say is, like, it, it comes to fruition. And <clears throat> after seeing that TikTok trend, anytime I start to feel, uh, like, bad about myself or, like, I'm nitpicking because everybody's their own worst critic, um, I try to stop myself and be like, would you say that to your younger self? And then instead embrace the imperfections and embrace the, you know, embrace the ugly truth. And take it for what it is and understand that you have more beauty to that. You have more self-worth than that. And that's only just a piece of you. It is not your entirety. And, you know, like face value is something that's huge in today's society with social media. We see on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever, all these ideas of what not only just women but men as well but specifically women are supposed to look like and this is how you're supposed to be and I think it's ridiculous because we are all made in such individual and unique ways like there is no genome that is the exact same like not even identical twins like there's still differentials in it and I feel like we as a society has forgotten the beauty of that like we are for whatever you want to call it imperfections or whatever I say uniqueness that we devalued that entirely and instead of looking at ourselves and comparing to other people that they're photoshopped they're they've had work done and it's just not real totally it's they're not real that we need to like stop looking at them and say why don't I look like that or why am I not good enough and remind ourselves, like, I was perfectly, I was, what is it? I was divinely designed the exact way I needed to be. And I'm beautiful and I'm enough. 
Absolutely. And if you want to get some work done on top of that, fuck yeah, like go for you. As long as it's for you. And if it makes you, you know, there's nothing against it at all by any means. Like I want to get my eyebrows macrobladed just so I don't have to do the makeup. But as long as you're doing it for you and it's not to fill a void, I feel like. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like that you're not doing it to like be like someone else or because somebody you're not fitting someone's criteria. Yeah. Because that's a huge thing with self-esteem is like that I've definitely dealt with um, kind of really horrible relationships with um, men for me, Ew. but it could be, <laughs> it could be women. It could be, you know, anyone. Um, but yeah, having low self-esteem, I was just, I deemed myself unworthy of a lot of things. And, you know, if a guy liked me better with, darker hair I would have done it and yeah I've I've been there yeah you like try to fit their the criteria (laughs) yeah of like what they want and like oh my gosh like getting like fucking cheated on or like comparing yourself to like an ex or something and it's just like they're nothing like you and then it's like damn right I'm me and that's all I need to be yeah and just like knowing like the confidence is key to everything you can, even if you start off like faking it till you make it, but I see people who are completely different from me in every which way possible. And like when their confidence just radiates off them, it's like stunning. I'm just like, you love their energy. And whenever I'm having days where I'm just really not feeling myself like it shows, you know, and just like convince yourself that you are the bad bitch that you are. You are. Like you totally are. And you're not supposed to look like someone else. And like me, I'm fucking four foot eight. I'll say it again. I got a big ass forehead. Okay. Um, <laughs> like, I think it's cute. <laughs> My friend would always tell me I look like a doll because I have like this. Big ass for it. Well, I think it'll look like a doll. doll Dolls are perfect. Yeah. I'm like, okay, thank you. Um, (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God. Thank you. Um, (laughs) But just like taking like those little flaws and trying to embrace them. Like even earlier I was doing like not embracing, but like I had a surgery when I was eight years old. I had an appendectomy. Um, so I have a scar on my stomach yeah. and like me and Briar are trying to take a mirror selfie and I'm like, well, I don't want to do it this way because then you can like see my deformity. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like on my stomach. Like you can see it. She's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so then I showed her and she's like, I would have never noticed that. Like if you hadn't said anything about it. And it's like, I see it in like everything that I wear. And I'm like, oh my God, like how does my... I won't buy outfits because of the way that it looks. And that's fucking ridiculous, bitch. Like, you got the body. You're so hot. Like, oh, thank you. So are you. Thank you. Like, like I said, I would have never noticed it ever. And, like, I think just looking at you as a whole, you know? Yeah. You just, how you hold yourself and you're always dressed so cute. Like, again, like I said earlier, people are their own worst critics. But people are looking at all of you, you know? Totally. And like dressing cute and stuff like that, like oh, I so definitely 
it's hard because I'm a lazy girl first, but before that I was a huge fucking drunk. And it's like, if I wasn't drunk, I was hungover and it's hard to put effort into looking cute, cute. Mm-hmm. but I like to look cute because it makes me feel good about myself. Yeah. And like, I love to dress up. Yes. Like today, I didn't expect <laughs> today. that we were going to go anywhere. I thought we were like, I, I didn't know. know we were going to go on a fucking adventure to like around town, but I thought it was just Best Buy and fucking Market Street. But I'm dressed like I'm going to. She looks like Malibu Barbie right now, guys. She's yeah. so cute. And it's funny because last time you dressed so cute and I look like a potato. And today I was like, I'm going to dress up cute. Even if you don't go anywhere, I was like, because Sarah's always so cute. And I was like, I need to dress cute. Like, I want to feel cute for myself. Yeah, it just helps me feel good. And it definitely doesn't have to be something that makes you feel good. But it's all just about feeling good. And even, like, my pajamas and stuff. Like, I just try to get, like, my comfort clothes. I just want to be cute. And Matching pajama sets. I have a bunch of those. Oh, my. I fucking love matching pajama sets. Oh I need to get more. Oh, my God. I'm going to tell my husband. We should go to Five Below. Oh, well, it's probably not in season. Right. Amazon. That's right. <clears throat> yes. But also that, yeah, my husband, my, having a partner who just like supports me and like everything, um, that's extremely helpful. He's like my fucking ride or die besides Briar. But I'm like, he knows that I love to feel cute and to feel pretty. And he's not buying stuff because he's like, wants to see me in it. He's like, oh, Sarah's going to love this. And it's like, fucking platform pink croc <laughs> or Lana Del Rey Crocs. Legit, guys. She bought, bought her platform pink croc. <laughs> so clutch. Like, best husband award. He won it. He won it. <clears throat> yep. He just is like always trying to make me and help me feel better. And actually just, um, I didn't tell you this, but the other day I was just like not having a great day. And I called him and I was just telling him like, look, I'm not having a great day and I'm feeling in one of those moods where I want to drink and I just want to talk to you until like I need, I'm I'm very impulsive. That's a huge BPD thing. I'm very, very motherfucking impulsive. So once I've decided that it's okay for me to drink, I'm going to do it. Yep. And it doesn't matter what anybody thinks or says, like, I'm just going to fucking do it. And so I'm like, I, I can, I'll just call Chris. And so I told him that. And, you know, he just like talked me down. And then I felt so much more accomplished at the end of that day, knowing that I hadn't done it. Oh, and cry. That's so sweet. Isn't it? Thank you. I and love actually, that. My app just messaged me right now to be like, Chachi. Oh my gosh. Fucking love him. He brought me in Briar. That came- oh, I already said that. Yeah. I'm, trying to remember but um where was I going with this support partner supportive partner oh yeah my little app but my app just texted me to like check in so that I am sober app that I have oh yeah it how many days it messages me at 8 15 and it's like just checking in like are you gonna pledge today and then it gives you like a little motivational thing so I'm at uh 30 days Woo! my savings of $600. I just put $20 per day. I know I've spent more and I've spent less, but to me that was like on average because it wasn't like an everyday thing. But then I'd be like, well, you know. Some days you splurge. Yeah. Some days I would like do more and then start buying for other people. And then I'm like, I'm annoying. So let me tip you like $100. <laughs> 
because I know that I'm annoying and that I made you uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for who I am as a person. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in 30 days, uh, saved 600 fucking dollars. That's a month. Yeah. Hell yeah. I haven't been drunk in a month. And the last so time I got drunk, oh my God. Yeah. We're going to save that for another time, but that, that was, was bad. That was pretty scary. And it wasn't the last time I drank, because I did drink the next day. I'm not going to lie. I took one shot, but I'm like, whatever. Yeah. To me, like, well, I don't know. I guess it depends on you and, like, your sobriety. But the next day, I had to have a shot, because I was like, okay, my head is throbbing. Nothing is good. Um, it's like a Band-Aid. Yeah, it was like a Band-Aid. But I did one and done, and I was like, I have to not, like, get drunk again. Can't so that's this. like, yeah. Like, but... Yeah, no shit. The, uh, I'll just say it now. I don't care. The last <laughs> time I got drunk, holy shit. Like, I don't know what the fuck made me fall. I'm pretty sure what I did, because I do this a lot, like, I'll start to Swiffer my mid-hallway <laughs> and, like, forget to put a pad on it, and then the floor just gets slippery. So I'm pretty sure that's what I did. Yeah. But I can't be sure, because... Blackout. Yeah. I was wasted. Um, So I fell... And my head hit a metal dog bowl and it busted open. And like my husband wasn't home and thank fucking God he came home. He had gone to like go get us some food or something. I don't know what happened, but he said that like my little dog, Normie, my little Norman, he's going to be my watchdog, okay? Like, uh-huh. what? what is that called? Um, A service dog. A service dog. And I qualify because I have diabetes. Yay, just found that out. But um, anyway, <laughs> I <laughs> didn't know that the whole time I was drinking. Anyway, uh, I guess like we should have suspected it. But um, so my little dog runs over to him. I was like crying and then comes back to me and like lays on my legs. So my husband's like, oh no, like she's passed out on the ground. That's nothing new. Done that a million fucking times. But he's like, Sarah, like get up. Come on, like let's wake up. And um, I was telling him that I pulled my hair. And he's like, okay, it's okay. Like just get up. And I'm telling him like how bad I pulled my hair. And then he sees the dog bowl underneath me and it's full of blood. So then he starts freaking out and then I start freaking out. And then I like remember this like vividly, like him like holding me like over the bathtub, like washing my hair out. And he called my sisters and then he called over one of my good friends um, and coworkers, Ariana, to come over to make me go to the hospital because I didn't want to go. I'm like, it's fine. Oh my God. I'll be fine. I'm, I'm always thinking I'll be fucking fine. Like when it's not dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. And Ariana told me that like, she eventually got me to go by being like, Sarah, if you don't go, your head's going to get infected and then you're going to die. And then I'm like, okay, I'll go. But also <laughs> one of the funny fucking parts of it is that, um, she said that, like, Chris was trying to find me normal shoes <laughs> to go to the hospital in, and it was, like, all my platforms and, like, high heels. Hi, bitch. You're going in fabulous as fuck. <laughs> and I'm like, those are fine. They'll be fine. And it's, like, these, like, fucking platform pink shoes. I don't, I don't know. Fitting. I, it's so fitting. Yeah. Uh, I was in there, and I'm, like, telling them, like, in the hospital, like, I'm sorry I'm drunk. Because it was, like, obvious, you know? 
And <laughs> I was telling the nurse that too, whenever they went into like scan my brain, um, I was telling her like, sorry, I'm drunk. I didn't mean to. It was like, my bad. And she's like, you know, it's okay. She's like, the last time I drank, I broke my arm in six places. So I'm not judging you. Jesus. And um, I don't drink anymore. I said, cool. I'm also not going to drink anymore. But I'm not going to lie. No, the next day I had to take a little baby shot for like the, you know, we talk, we were talking about the hair of the dog and how like you can't quit. Yep. But goddamn, it was, uh, I mean, I don't recommend it now. And I, I feel bad now that I even did that because I didn't need it. But in that moment, I felt like I did because it was very, the place where I was was like loud and I couldn't escape the situation. And there was alcohol right there and my head was throbbing and I was like, I'm going to do one. I'm going to be done. And you know, you were, and then, yeah, that was that. But I feel like that was, I think that was like your, what, what is it? Um, Rock bottom. Rock bottom. Thank yeah. you. I've had a lot of rock bottoms, but, but I think that, that one was the worst one yet. Cause I, I've had a lot of, you're going to get into any scenarios, really bad ones whenever you're a drunk, but I've never like, I fall a lot. Um, but I've never like truly injured myself, like ended up like in the hospital, like just from like some dumb drunk stitches. And, yeah. yeah. And it could have been very detrimental. Totally. And it could have gone so much worse, especially if Chris hadn't shown up yeah. at the house. That would have been horrible. So, yeah, that was um, – That was the, the rock bottom. Yeah, that was the ultimate rock bottom. But I, I've, had, I've had a fucking few, but that was like, holy shit. Yeah. But then, like, earlier this year, I was sober for a month, too. Um, because, like I said, ever since I broke it, it was – I always – tried to go back to stopping, I was never like, well, no, I'm just like not sober now. I always tried to stop, but then something would happen that would just like make me do it again. Trigger it. And then again, and then again. And I was sober for a whole month um, whenever I broke it the time before, or like this time whenever I was on that spree, uh, just because somebody told me like, yeah, let's just like at least take one shot. And... He's like, come on, like I love drunk Sarah, blah, blah, blah. And he was already drunk and I know he meant like no harm or anything. Um, but I mean, I could have easily just said, no, it's not his fault. It's my fucking fault. But I could have just easily said, no, like I'm sober and you know, like what that does to me. But I did go in for one and then I'm five and I'm chilling and I'm warm and fuzzy and I'm like, okay. So it's very dangerous to just take one for like, you know. To just be one and done. It's it's a very dangerous gamble, especially whenever you are the kind of drinker that I am. So like that, like me having that bad day the other day, I'm thinking like, oh, God, just one, just one, just one to take the edge off. Yeah. And but you know that's it's not the truth. It's not the truth, and so that's why and I just you're always called a, up my husband to be like, game. look, I want to take like at least just one to take the edge off, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like a just one this time because you never you know if it's going to be. Just one, or if it's gonna be like five, and yeah. Then, especially me, like being diabetic, like now it just like hits completely different, and so yeah, going through those just one things, not cool, not for me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier, you were talking about um, <clears throat> how when you like don't feel yourself, like it radiates. Um, oh yeah, 
uh, we said earlier in the other podcast that um, sobriety is another thing that it, it radiates. Like within the like, I think it was like three months in, um, I just had a bunch of people, people that knew me, people that were regulars at the bar, like whatever. But just like all of a sudden, everybody was like, "You look so good! Like you just, you look so different! Like you're just so vibrant! Like they're like you just, yeah. it just complimented me." And I was like, "Well, nothing's changed. Like I haven't done anything to my hair or my face." And I was like, "But I'm sober, and like I was my real self." And it's crazy that sobriety, like, just shines through you. It really does radiate into like to other people for other people to see that without even knowing that. Like some people even know I was sober, but it just like shows like volumes of what sobriety can do for you and can do for your confidence and everything else on top of that. Like ever since then, I was like, shit, yeah, I'm gonna stay sober. Like I love to hear that. Like it made me feel so good that it was like, I wanna keep hearing that. Like I I wanna keep vibrating and shining like that absolutely I agree because like I think right now I'm still like a little bit too new to it (laughs) um but definitely whenever I was 10 months sober I got a lot of compliments and like it wasn't like I've been getting complimented a lot lately on like my weight um but I think that's because like uh I recently learned about like the diabetes and having to change my diet up watch my blood sugar. And so that's been falling off pretty rapidly. But I was also getting the same kind of compliments before whenever, when I had my like 10 month sobriety streak. Um, and I really hadn't done anything different, but it's just like, it shows so much whenever you don't have like the glazy eyes or like being hungover or just like the self-hatred of the, of the hangover days. <laughs> oh my God. And just like feeling like shit because I was like, I was always tired. And then like everything about me would be a mess. And you know, like I would get like pretty and cute to like go out and then just end up wasted. And then gosh, all these old pictures, they're horrific to like look at. <laughs> they're kind of hilarious though. I have a picture <laughs> Oh, I'm not going to share it with you guys, but geez, like I just get this crazy ass lost look in my eye. During um, the headlights. Oh yeah. But yeah, just that like look of uh, lights on no one's home or the, uh, feel like shit. I look like there. shit. Yeah, exactly. Day. Exactly. And then even if it was a day like where I wasn't drinking or something, I would just have like the puffiness all over and still just like, dead eyes, never feeling good and stuff like that. So that helps me feel good. And, you know, I don't mean to push sobriety on anyone if you don't want it, but if you're open and wanting it, sober curious or anything, there are a lot of wonderful benefits to it. And one of them is the actual radiance and how much better you feel about yourself, how much better your entire body feels and everything. Yeah. And I, I found out once I got sober that, um, Alcohol actually destroys the, um, not the keratin, what is it? Um, Collagen? Thank you. I can't think of words today. Dear God. It destroys the collagen in your body. Oh, wow. So whenever you, when you quit drinking, that's why you're like, you look better is because all the collagen is back in your body. And it like ages you faster. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. That's why people that are like, like 
raging alcoholics, they look 60 when they're 40. Yeah. Because all the collagen is depleted. So. Oh, yeah. And I definitely had that coming at some point or some sort of uh, alcohol-induced health issue was going to happen to me eventually. Um, so I'm very lucky to. 30 days, bitch. 30, 30 days. Almost. You got this. Yeah. And it's like so easy. It's like, why the fuck would I want to get drunk again? It literally just feels like shit. It's like, like fun for a second. And then it's like, it's oh, fuck. Like, I, I, I hate this. Like, I don't, I don't want this anymore. Yeah. It's fun in the moment because it's like addicting. Like, well, it is. Yeah. I am thinking about my next shot while I still have one in my hand. And I'm just like, okay, one more, one more. Woo, woo. And. Oh my god, y'all can probably hear the dogs barking. Sorry, my children are fucking loud. That's okay. We have dogs that are siblings. It's super cute. But now that we have this like high tech mic, I'm like, y'all can probably hear us drinking our little fake wine and um, sucking our vapes, and probably hear the dogs. Crazy houses. Um, trying to think of what else we talked about in that podcast. Okay, so we were talking about uh, music. Oh, yeah. We had our little music corner. That's something we want to, like, introduce because we both love music. Yes. So we're like, whether it's, like, bad bitch music, uplifting music. Or days you just need to be sad and cry it out. Cry it out. And I'm an ugly crier, but I still do it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Same. Very ugly crier, and I'll be crying my motherfucking eyes out. Yes. Uh, Well, going into that, tell your story about um, how Chris fucked up. Oh. So my motherfucking husband. Love him. (laughs) (laughs) Angel, but it's a little sidebar. Um, So I'm making him listen to Lana's new album. Did you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard? It came out on March 18th. Changed my life. Um, As do each of her albums. And there's a song on it called Let the Light In. And what that song does to me is just like, oh, I made Briar listen to it today. It is so good. I gave it a 10 and a half. Yeah. And so far, his favorite is A&W. He rates as a 10, which it absolutely is. But I'm like, okay, let the light in. It's like featuring featuring Father John Misty, who's incredible. I've seen him live. I've seen Lana live. Both like two of the best performances I've ever fucking seen. They're going to do that live eventually, and I'm going to scream my head off because I won't be able to see it because they're doing all these crazy festivals that, you know, I'm a working girl. Okay. Um, so we get to that song and he already knows that I love it. So I think that's why he gave it a nine. Yeah. Because, well, no, I think he was giving it a higher rating than he would have because he knows that I love it. So he's like, Oh, that's a nine. And then I was like, a fucking nine? Like, how is that a nine? I'm like, <laughs> listen to the lyrics. Like, okay, she's saying, like, pick you up, ask if you want something to eat, like, let's get drunk, do it over again. Um, and then, you know, it kind of implies maybe that they're arguing. I could have that wrong, but she's saying, like, I'm at your back door yelling because I want to come in. And then saying, like, look at us, you and I back at it again. I love to love you. I hate to hate you. I need to need you. I want to want you, you know? And I'm like, so what the fuck? Like giving him this whole spiel. And then he's like, okay, fine. Nine and a half. And I'm like, you motherfucker. 
get out, get out of his house. <laughs> yes. I want a divorce. I want a divorce. Um, so yeah, I mean, Barra listened to it today and she rated it a 10 and a half. So good. Just, I gave it a 10 and a half just to be a little spiteful. Yeah. And there's a Beatles reference in there and she loves the Beatles. I love the Beatles. Like, I literally have John Lennon's signature on my arm and I have Here Comes the Sun tattooed on me. So, so cute. Um, but two of the songs that I've been listening to, well, one of them is some one of my best friends, Alicia, of like 11 years. Um, her one and only tattoo I went to go get with her. And um, it's uh, it's called Room for Happiness by Cascade. And it's just, over the years, I have listened to this song Usually after breakups, but like even just days where I feel so empty inside, like a shell of a human, I hate myself and like whatever, all the ugliness you could possibly tell somebody to yourself. Um, that song has just brought me up on so many like dark days. And then the other one is called Tired by uh, Alan Walker and um, it's just beautiful. And I was listening to it last night while I was cleaning my house, literally like mopping my living room, crying. Like, Jesus. <laughs> but it's good. Like, it's like good tears, you know? Like, yeah. So, yeah, those are the songs that you guys need to check out. Yes. Those are her like uplifting, feel like good songs, help you through yeah. hard times. Mine, I wanted to name drop it, I think within our very first podcast. Oh, yeah. But I just didn't want to interrupt Briar. Um, cause she said something about having hope and there's a song by Lana called hope is a dangerous thing for a woman like me to have, but I have it. That is the whole title. And I fucking love that song. And me and one of my good friends, Ben Terry actually recorded it during a pretty low, low time in my life because it's just about having hope even when it feels like a dangerous thing. Um, so that's, and always, that's like my go-to. That's like, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling bad. Hopeless, dangerous thing. Love it. Trying to incorporate a tattoo with it, but I don't know how. Um, <laughs> I'll talk to my tattoo artist, Sarah, about that, who is also a sober queen. Sarah Ditto. She owns Broken Chains Tattoos. And she's sober. She's amazing. Every time we get together, like even like one of the, like the first time, like I had like broken sobriety, like. We just met up for coffee. She's like, don't feel like you have to come in and like get a tattoo from me to like yeah. talk. Like I'm always here to talk to you. And so we met up for coffee and just start talking about sobriety. And she said something. I'm distracting myself, but I'm going to circle back to the music. But Sarah told me something that has always stuck by me. And she said, think about the first time that you tried alcohol. Well, for me, I was like a small child, but like the first time I remember, I was like 12 or 13. I was at my friend's house and her parents had a bottle of vodka and we tried it and it was horrific. I felt like I just tried like a cleaning product and my insides were burning. She's like, think about the first time that you ever tried it. Your body was rejecting it. Like it wanted to reject Immediately. it. And then just slowly over time, you build it to where it's nothing. Yeah. And then your body starts to crave it. And then like you need it. And then I'm like, holy shit. Like I'd never even really thought of it like that until she pointed that out to me. That's actually really 
really good. I never thought yeah, about that. Your body Damn. does not want that inside. No, of it's you. literally poison. Yeah, it's poison. Love Sarah so much. Um, but circling back to my music, so hope is it interesting? Yeah. Yes. And then get free by Lana is another beautiful one about just uh, living like a troubled life and then coming back. And she says, um, sometimes I feel like there's a war in my mind. I want to let go, but I keep riding the ride. I never really noticed that I had to decide to play someone's game. I live my own life, but now I do. I want to move out of the black into the blue. And I love that. Part. You can like hear like seagulls in the background. Girl, bitch. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> but what I've been listening to a lot lately is, of course, her newest record. So um, my favorites on there obviously let the light in. Um, A&W, mwah, Chef's Kiss. Uh, there's this beautiful song, uh, The Grants. And that one is about dying. But it's, she says, my pastor told me, uh, that like when you go, all you take are your memories and I want to take mine of you with me. And it's just like, oh my God. And then she's got like her fun little ho song on there. Um, peppers. That one's fun. It's full of great, great songs, but those are like what I've been listening to kind of on repeat here lately. But yeah, those are my, my tap into songs. The change. Oh, I didn't say change, but change is one of them. That's another. We're doing a little album review, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Get free and hope is a dangerous thing. Those are my, like, you can redeem yourself songs. But then what I've been listening to lately is the whole Is There a Tunnel Under Ocean Boulevard record. Beautiful. It's all about self-love. That's where it all stems from, like. Loving yourself sounds ironic, but it's very hard to do. Oh, yeah. And once you learn that it's okay to be imperfect, it's okay to make mistakes, what's not okay is to continue it and to choose to be better every day. Every day you're to work on something. Totally. And you just have to remind yourself, like, I'm perfectly imperfect and it's okay. Absolutely. Like, in every way. And, like... Whenever I got sober the first time, I was um, in therapy with this amazing therapist. I can't remember his last name, but his first name was Dennis. And I actually did that session drunk. Like, I almost canceled it because I was drunk. But then I was just like, look, Dennis, like, I want to tell you the fucking truth. (laughs) I'm a fucking alcoholic. I'm drunk right now. Like, I almost canceled this appointment because I'm drunk. So if you feel like this is unprofessional, like, we can quit because it was, like, over the phone. And he's like, no, tell me everything that's on your mind. Yeah. And I'd never had like a realer, like more raw session. And he was so amazing. I eventually just had to stop talking to him because work got so busy and I didn't have insurance at the time. So I was paying like out of pocket, out of pocket like over $200 a month for better help, uh, which was great. Yeah. But I just, I was paying so much money to not really have time to talk to him anymore. And I was already several months sober at that point. But, you know, he reminded me, like, with sobriety, like, most of the time comes breaking sobriety. And I have it written in one of my journals. I need to find it. But he told me about, like, the biggest um, breakers are, uh, I think, boredom and stress. Yes. And so I always keep that in mind, too. Like, yeah, I'm sober. I could break it eventually. And then if I do, 
guess what? I'm just going to get re-sober again because I've done that a million fucking times. Like mistakes come, they happen. Just don't dwell on them. Don't beat yourself up over them. Just be like, okay, I fell back. I'm going to pick myself back up. And that's why I got bruises and scars all over my knees because I've fallen <laughs> a lot. We're all that is very clumsy as well. Like yeah. we're graceful, but not that, not that graceful. Totally. But um, yeah. So yeah, loving yourself is just so important. It's very hard to do whenever you've spent so much time hating yourself. Um, like I talked about in the last episode, that was a coping mechanism for me. It was just hating myself more so that. Yeah. Nobody could hurt me. An unhealthy coping unhealthy coping mechanism. But it was something I did and it was just like learned and imprinted in my brain to just hate me more than anyone could. Yeah. Because they could get hurt. hurt. Yeah. Yeah. How can you be hurt whenever no one hates you more than you? Yeah. And now it's just like, no. Absolutely other way around. Like I'm going to love myself no matter what. Yeah. And that's uh, something Briar and I talked about, like, uh, on the episode that wasn't being recorded. Was. Or was, just not just with a well, broken microphone. <laughs> bitch. Um, bitch. Um, yeah, how it would oftentimes lead to horrible relationships with men. And Uh even in the beginning, like with my husband, now, whenever I met him, I was in a horrible place. I was, I just moved back to my hometown. I was like a raging alcoholic because I didn't know how to cope with any of my feelings. I just lost my health insurance. I had no medication. And I mean, you didn't even have to know me to know I had low self-esteem. It was very obvious. Um, And I met him and like, we liked each other, but neither one of us was really treating each other the way that we deserved. And that's what always kind of like blows my mind and like fucks me up is like, if these, these things hadn't have happened, I wouldn't now have this husband who's like incredible to me. Who's like my crutch, like my rock. Um, but you know, at the same time he was living with his own shit. So like if he hadn't lived that way, then we wouldn't be here now. But I'm like, if I had the self-esteem or like self-love that I had back then, I would have just told him like to fuck right off. Like, who are you? No. Uh, So we both really took our time to grow. And then it wasn't for about two years that we started a relationship. And even then it was really tumultuous because we were both still pretty big drunks. Um, Even when we got married, we were still pretty big drunks. And I chose sobriety on my own. He never tried to talk me into it. Um, Even though I was like always the feistier one. I was the one that wanted to pick the fight because (laughs) I was drunk. And I just would suddenly start thinking about something crazy. But through all of our trials, all of our errors, something good has come of them. And that's with all of my relationships. And, you know, that's part of why, like, I don't hold a grudge either because I once held a grudge with someone and they were a good, good friend of mine for a point in time and then drunk shit happened and 
we couldn't really be friends anymore. And then in that way, we kind of became enemies. And then he had like a sudden passing that nobody expected. And it just really helped me now to learn to not hold a grudge, whether or not there are toxic people in your life that maybe you need to push out or not be as close with. That's, that's one thing. Yeah. But to just completely like hate or resent, I'm just like, I I don't have it within me. I never want to feel the way that I felt. Does it do that any day. good for you no. either? It just, it, it breaks do you down. It does yeah. it. Yeah. It I'm hurts you more than it helps. Yeah. For sure. And I never want to feel the way that I felt that day that I learned of that. Um, but it was pretty crazy. I saw him about two weeks before his passing. And he told me hi for the first time in years. And I couldn't believe he was telling me hi. And he asked me, like, how I was. And I was telling him I was good. And I asked how he was. And he said he was good. And, you know, he was smiling. And I was just like, OMG, I can't believe he talked to me. Like, it had been years since he would talk to me. and. I don't know how I got off on this tangent, but yeah, I don't, I forgive everyone for, you know, whatever. We all make mistakes, especially drunk ones. Forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gosh, our last episode, we were just like vibing and like laughing and... I know. I don't know. Trying to remember some. We're of gonna try to revive it. We're gonna try to find out if we could somehow fix the audio to like I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we're gonna see because it, it did record, but it's like so low you can only hear the parts where so we're like be the cackling. lost podcast of Atlantis. Exactly. Um, hopefully, we can somehow recover that audio. But until then, we have this amazing new microphone. Yes. And our cashier was also a podcaster. Yeah. I don't remember the name of his podcast. I think Metal something Harp. About, yeah, something about a heart. Oh, I thought it was Harp. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. But he talked about like deep shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have his name on the receipt. I'll look, I'll look for him. Yeah. But. Where was I going with this? Oh, um, I got in that borderline personality workbook, which was amazing. I did chapter one. I love me a good workbook. I love a good self-guided journal. I just am obsessed. And that one's really good because it's pointed directly to borderline personality disorder. So already it's so much fun. And then I know that Briar is going to do like a mini-sode of- Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. And that one will be like strictly- um, more of the facts cited and everything. She did all yeah. the research, uh, BPD, um, and bipolar, Lexapro, just things that we kind of like talked about in previous episodes that, uh, I would like to dive in deeper, give you guys more of a, you know, medical and scientific and like psychological definition and all fact checked, sourced, everything. So totally. So I don't have bipolar, but I know probably, I'm sure many of our listeners do a lot of, like, bipolar is a bigger or more widespread diagnosis than yeah. borderline. So do, if you don't mind just giving me, like, kind of a quick rundown of what that's like for you. I know I have a lot of friends that have it. So um, I'm pretty sure my dad has it just very... One day he's like the happiest guy, the next he could be a monster. 
And a lot of the like manic episodes also stem from that. Sorry, guys, I have allergies. Um, but yeah, like it's you just go through these like manic episodes of like either really high highs or really low lows. And it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to deal with on your own. It's a lot for other people to deal with in general, like to deal with you. And um, it's almost like having an angel and a devil on your shoulder. It's like yeah. two different sides of you. One that's the nicest person and one that is like the most hateful person. And I will say drinking definitely allowed those spirals and manic episodes to um, be a lot more common. And I was, when I was drunk and all the other shit, I was a very hateful person. I was, I could be so hateful and that's just not who I am. Yeah. And so, I mean, I can already tell the difference from like not drinking uh, about five months now of just like how my BPD and bipolar has like lessened. Like in severity and right. episodes and all that, like it's it's crazy. Yeah. Like I used to drink, so I would. Excuse me, I used to drink, so I wouldn't feel that way. When in actuality, it was making those instances happen more often, and it was oh, yeah. just perpetuating it. It heightens all the effects. Yeah, and so I literally was just I was my own demise by drinking, and. Now that I'm not, it's like, wow, it's a, it's like a whole new world, honestly. It's crazy. Yeah. And it really, really is. I still have issues, you know, because it's just a chemical imbalance in your brain, but I'm able to have a better grasp of myself, my emotions when I start to feel like a medic episode about to happen or I'm about to spiral or whatever. Like it's, it's really helped, including therapy. Therapy is oh, yeah. therapy is key. I'll yeah. tell you right now. And uh, there's no shame in going to therapy at yeah. all. People think like you're crazy for going to it. And it's like Or that I, you're I, weak. And it's like yeah. it takes a strong person to do that. Totally. Absolutely. And I like that you say that. Uh you're your own demise. I it reminded me of something my older sister once told me. I'll never forget. Um, my older sister has been a huge rock for me during all of everything, even whenever I had no plans on getting sober. She was like, girl, like, she's always been very good at taking care of me and not judging me. But I remember her telling me that with the way I was living my life, there was no happy ending to it. Whether it was me getting an illness or killing myself, killing someone else or something like that. And like, there was no happy ending to that story. And so I'm very glad that I've recovered from that. But I know one of my, uh, we were talking about my good friend, Ben Terry and how we uh, covered that song. He is bipolar and I know he won't mind me saying it. He's very open about it. And he has, he has like a little fanny pack that says, ask me about uh, bipolar disorder. <laughs> I love him. I fucking love him. And we've got to bring him on as a guest eventually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he went to school for music and he, um, he wants to do music therapy and that's so cool. It is very cool. I know just like whenever we do our little recording sessions or we'll sing and like we try to like learn a song together, it's so therapeutic. It's like yeah, doing yoga or whatever is therapeutic for you because I love to sing and he loves to sing and he's great at it and he's great with instruments and it's um, 
it's a it's a wonderful thing. Yes. Well, this podcast has gone on longer than the last one. <laughs> so I guess we can wrap this up and then we'll have the knowledge is power mini episode, mini episode coming soon. Thank you guys for tuning in with us. I fucking hope that this recorded. It should. I did a million. A million tests. So many. We <laughs> learned our damn lesson. Always do a mic check. Always. 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 Stupid Number fucking one microphone. But it's okay because now we have like a professional one. Yeah. We're sorry created. for all of the background noises that you probably heard. Yes. <laughs> um, but until then, yeah, we don't really have a going away phrase. We did. It's, I guess, like, don't BS yourself. Yeah. Live your best life. Don't BS yourself. Live your best life. Because you deserve it. Because you deserve it. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful night. Bye, guys. Bye.